0: Welcome to Tea O'Clock with Keller. Bring your tea and leave with more.
1: Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Welcome to day one of our 12 days leading up to Christmas.
0: I cannot wait. I'm really excited. I'm so happy it's December,
1: Christmas time. (laughs) So as we said in the end of our last episode, we're going to be doing little mini episodes every other day in December from the 2nd through the 24th and this is day one where we're going to be chatting about Christmas Carol by Charles Dickens.
0: Which I have only just read, well listened to for the first time. I
1: haven't read it in about four years. Yeah so. but you
0: did it for GCSEs. So yeah so I read it. Up. Up. <laughs> do
1: you want to do a quick little summary? Yeah.
0: Let's summarise. I suppose a lot of people know the story and one of the points I was going to say is that the original book is very close to a lot of the adaptations. But obviously, we've got Scrooge. His partner, Marley, died seven years ago. And uh, they're both miserable old kids. And then Scrooge is visited on, what well, yeah, it's Christmas Eve, isn't it? By Bob Marley's ghost. And he says... If you don't want to end up in damnation walking around the earth in chains like me, you've got to get your act together and be nice and not so horrible about Christmas. And then he's visited by the ghosts of Christmas past, present and yet to come as well. And they show him why he should be lovely to other people (laughs) and get more in the festive spirit. And, well, let's just spoil it all because I imagine everyone knows the story then at the end he does changes June, and then he enjoys Christmas with his loved ones but I think that is pretty much the same story across like the original text and all the adaptations isn't it really
1: so. yeah they're very faithful adaptations which is quite nice and I guess there's not really much place you can go really with that story like he sets it out pretty well so. yeah
0: well I thought the adaptation that was closest to the book there was, there was a BBC one. I don't. It must have come out a couple of years ago. You
1: mean and, the series. There was like yeah, with Guy Pearce. Yeah.
0: Or was it even last year? I don't know. Did we? We might have even spoken about it last Christmas. It was,
1: it was only a couple of years ago, I think, as it came out. It? I think that's the
0: closest in terms of that was super dark, and the book yeah. isn't quite that dark. But it touches more so on, let's like say, I, the one thing that I think is missing for most adaptations is about when in Christmas Yet to Come, he goes to that mining village. Or is yeah. that even then? Or is that in the present? Who knows at this point? I don't think they say this in the book, but in the adaptation, they talk about how there was a disaster there because Scrooge had cut some corners. So the working conditions weren't good and lots of people died. Which is probably what is implied by the book, anyway. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like you got to see some of the darker elements in the book that are maybe glossed over a bit more in most of the films, which is understandable because it's become more of a family Christmas yeah, classic, yes. hasn't it?
1: No, I, def- I definitely agree with you. That BBC adaptation was definitely the grittiest, darkest version yeah. of the story. That I've seen, which I think yeah. is nice because it's, it's opening the story up to more than just it being your typical family, Christmas, yeah. lovey-dovey, are oh, let's all be really nice to people because yeah, we'll be good people, which obviously isn't a brilliant message. Um, and <laughs> <laughs> Everyone should be really nice. Yeah.
0: What I loved most about the book was that, as you said, we had to do obviously- Wonderful message, and it is so much fun to read yeah. it. And it's really short as well. But that again, there's a bit more gravitas to it. And mm-hmm. I think it's a lot more explicit about the, the social problems at the time. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it comes across as more of a work of, like, I don't want to call it a social problem novel or like a social realist one, because obviously you've got all the ghosts.
1: It is in a way. Mm.
0: I think, yeah. There's something else you get from the book that is much more insightful about working conditions in the factory, and you know, the, they talk about the poor laws,
1: yeah.
0: the workhouses. Yeah, it, I think it takes on a much more serious tone. In the book, and one that I would really love to analyse. It's interesting that it might not seem like it has too much substance when you think of the Christmas films.
1: Yeah. But it it does in the book. Yeah, I definitely 100% agree with you because, like, I can't really remember what we did about it at GCSE, but I do remember initially thinking, how can this be a novel to study on the GCSE paper when it's not that long and it's just like a yeah, the story. But actually, I think there's a lot of like social commentary and yeah. really insightful, interesting ideas and things mentioned that, mm-hmm. like you say, do get overlooked in the different film adaptations. Which I'm not to say they aren't great because they are great and yeah, a staple of Christmas watching. Because I think it just depends on your audience, doesn't it? Really. Yeah. So it's good that it's a story that can work for lots of different audiences and cater to yeah. everyone
0: really. Because my favorite kind of books are ones that are plot heavy and that you can you actually enjoy reading. I mean you you would hope that from but wouldn't you but ones that aren't just purely aesthetic and you can tell it's good writing and want to actually yeah. like, be captivated by it. And also I really like it when it has a bit more substance to it and you could there's you know, symbolism etc you know all the stuff we love talking about as English students and that's what I got from reading this and I just love that you have this heartwarming story on one level and also another grittier one that I to be fair I thought that Dickens might take it even further and I thought it would be even more like this gritty Guy Pearce adaptation mm. but it still touched on, on yeah, these
1: issues. It could have easily been a book double the length and could have got way more into all that grittiness Mm. and the depth because obviously there's, like, I think from what I remember, there's so much symbolism in each of the ghosts and how they look and what they represent and all of that stuff.
0: I kept thinking about how would this book change if it wasn't set at Christmas? Because Mm. I think with a lot of... Christmas books slash films. I think what makes it Christmassy? Like if you couldn't see the trees, would it be that different? And I was thinking with this, that it's such a good vehicle for talking about generosity and yeah. the class system and wealth, because you know, Christmas is the time of giving. And I think they talk about in the first stage that this is where the poor need help the most. And also Mm. it's set in winter, it's bleak. I think that helps. And I think it's just important to have a a fixed point in time. It's easier when you're looking back on your life or looking forward to the future to have a fixed place to go to because where would they have gone? Like there's so much they could cover if they just went back and it wasn't at Christmas. And I feel like that's the time when, you know, you don't want to be alone, most people. And I'm only really, I feel like we're just touching on things But there's so much that I would like to develop. That's just briefly yeah. my thoughts. But I would like to sit and write about all of this now.
1: <laughs> yeah. No. And I think I would 100% agree that like the idea of setting it at Christmas works so well because yeah. if it was if Dickens wrote it and just had it on I don't know some random day in the middle of winter mm-hmm. or something, I don't think it would have had the same same impact and like. Been adapted and turned into canonical literature that it is because I think, like, say, Christmas brings up all those ideas and feelings about um, generosity and giving and being Mm -hmm. around other people. As much as I'm pretty sure Dickens had his questionable, you know, things about him, he did. He did a good job. Oh yes,
0: yeah. This was my first Dickens book that I read all the way through. I (laughs) do. I love this book. I give it five stars. But and I, I don't know if part of that is because I I have all the memories and
1: yeah.
0: we're attached to it and very sentimental about the story. Because uh, I the excerpts I've read from other ones, it's not my favorite. I'm not denying that he was a great writer, but it's not my favorite of mine. But yeah, and then you know he is problematic. No two ways about it. Yeah. So uh, that was interesting to read or not read that into the text but then well that's a conversation we keep coming back to isn't it about (laughs) separating that artist from the art vice versa I I just just love a Christmas carol so and also how can you not love Tiny Tim
1: oh bless him I think maybe there was a moment in time that I was like "Mm." but actually no I'm like no Tiny Tim So cute, bless him. And his little bit at the end, everyone knows him at the end being like, oh, God bless you, everyone. I'm pretty sure that's like the last line of the novel. Hmm.
0: Oh, another difference I noted from the various films was there was a Master Peter who was Tiny Tim's brother, and I don't ever remember seeing him anywhere.
1: Yeah, because I think in the adaptations they focus on Scrooge or Cratchit. The sister who gets married, Martha Martha, and Tiny Tim. They don't focus mm. on all the other kids. They just mentioned that yeah. they're
0: there. Right. Now I'm doubting, is she called Martha? Because otherwise, what's the wife called? No, I'm pretty sure she's called Martha. Is the wife does she have a name? Is she just Mrs. Cratchit? I think
1: she might just be Mrs. Cratchit. That's nice. I don't know, I can't mm. remember. But yeah, I think it is nice that you Get more around yeah. of you, obviously. Yeah. And, um, so. and I must mention
0: as well that I didn't actually even read it; <laughs> I listened to it being read out by Hugh Grant, and Which
1: it was it free longer? on
0: Audible. And I'm sure there are lots of good free versions on YouTube because they normally are for classics. But yeah. if you do have Audible and want to invest. In listening to Hugh Grant reading it, I highly recommend. He did such a good job, and it just felt so magical. I love listening to him reading it to us. So
1: any final Christmas Carol thoughts? Because we'll go
0: right Fifty minutes? <laughs> wow. These little ones are really whistle stop thought, aren't they? But I think we've oh, said sorry. sorry, it's just been me being like, I was so excited to finally read it.
1: <laughs> no no because that's nice because like like i said it's been so long since i've read it so i would highly no, we... recommend everyone to read it or listen to hugh grant to read it to you yes absolutely it's only
0: a couple of hours long like not even three hours and you can put it on two time speed so,
1: so why not so good but hopefully that'll get you into the christmas spirit yeah so happy listening so that's it for day one of our 12 days of christmas yeah. join us in two days time to listen to us chat about Mm. last Christmas (laughs) film. So very excited to talk about that one. I cannot wait. Thanks for listening to T O'Clock with Keller. See you next time.